Hey, and welcome to this week's Faith Rest Life podcast episode. Uh, We are still in the book Recovery by Faith, um, written by our sweet Melissa. And today we're going into chapter eight, which is gentleness. We've been talking about the fruits of the spirit. And so gentleness is, I think, one of, I don't know, one of the most important, I guess they're all equally important. Um, But I think there's so many things in the Bible that talk about gentleness. And uh, we actually already recorded this episode once before. Um, So we're, we're going off of that, but for some reason it didn't record. Um, and so we, here we are take two, we're going to do it again. (laughs) And I'm in a rainy setting and it is like pouring rain. So if I was joking, saying this is the ASMR, uh, podcast today, (laughs) because if you hear rain, that's why God bless our technology today that it would hold on to everything. So really quick, the last, um, last week's episode was faithfulness and faithfulness continued and where we talked all about the faithfulness of God and really all these, um, fruits of his spirit are he's given them to us. He's made them our own. And so these are his characteristics and we get to wear them and be a part of them. And it's really who we were created to be is in these uh, fruits of his spirit. So, um, so now we're going to dive into gentleness and we'll say a quick prayer and Melissa will take it away. So Lord, we just thank you for everything you're going to do right now today in this episode, that it is yours, Jesus. Lord, we just want this to glorify you and that we would hear your word of truth and that it would go down deep in our hearts and grow these beautiful fruits of your spirit. God, I just pray that this testimony of Melissa's life, of her sweet marriage and her family, that it would just bless all who hear and that it would make just the things of you and who you are so open and available to everyone and all who is listening, um, that, that people would draw closer to you and that we would draw closer to you as we study your word and listen to this testimony and, um, that we could really embody Holy spirit, everything that you give to us, all of these fruits of who you are. And so I just pray for Melissa right now for her, mouth to be touched and for every word that comes out to be exactly what you're saying in Jesus name, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.
Yeah. So I think, I think the last two fruits of the spirit, gentleness and (laughs) self-control minus the patience. Those are, I would say the top three, that would be like the hardest to really pour out in your life in like moments of, of heated moments. Um, but anyways, going through this whole book and this journey, the last two fruits of the spirit, the gentleness and self-control, I kind of did it. I, I didn't continue studying it the way I was studying each of the other fruits until a little bit later on in our journey. And it was so cool though, to kind of look back and just see how God put it all together over these years and how I really was studying them in a way that I wasn't aware of, if that makes sense. We had finished up the faithfulness and it was about in August or so of um, the time that I was had filed for divorce and we were going through all those steps, but Clint really was wanting and making significant and huge changes in his life to say that that's not really what he wanted. And I really begin to see the labor of my fruit really playing out in his life and in my life and in our marriage. And fast forward about four months he had really, we had put a game plan in place. He was going to counseling regularly with me and we, um, decided that it was Christmas and he actually moved back into the house Christmas Eve. And we woke up together, um, Christmas day after being a little over a year separated. And, um, it was such a sweet, time and just a sweet gift, I think from the Lord, just being on Christmas, like that's the birth of his son. And it was kind of like the birth of our like renewal of our marriage. And just, there was so much significance and just a a really sweet time about it all. But those four months moving forward to that point, um, I really had to get a hold of and grasp what gentleness really meant. And like I said, I didn't realize I was even like doing all these things or studying it, but that's exactly where I was. And the definition of gentleness is a humble, non-threatening demeanor that derives from, from a position of strength and authority and is useful in calming another's anger. And like I've shared before, I am not one to run towards confrontation. I I am the rabbit hole finder and I'm good at it. <laughs> and I would prefer to just go to my rabbit hole. Um, you know, and Clint is the opposite, but I guess that's what they say, opposites attract, you know. So for me, getting this um definition and really understanding what gentleness really meant, I got to I I can look back at myself now and really see that this fruit was in my life at that time because the Lord had really given me this authority and strength that I never had before in my life ever. And part of the things that Clint and I put together as kind of like a game plan and, um, in some ways, almost like it was for me, I felt like a safety net 
for him coming like totally back into our lives was, um, we kind of put this, you know, this checklist together for both of us, you know, cause I, I had a 50% part in this whole thing, just like he did. So I had things that I had to really be aware of and work on. And he had things that he had to be aware of and work on. But, um, you know, one of the things was in my kind of contract with him, we, we, like, we really put like contracts together was that I was, I purchased a breathalyzer and at any point or any moment, if I felt uncomfortable or was doubting, I had the like authority or right to ask Clint to blow into this breathalyzer. And, um, for me to like put that on my list and actually follow through with that, I was really like nervous and scared and cause that's like a hard thing to do. And then I thought, okay, well, and then if he, what if I ask him and then it is, you know, what I was fearing, then I have to like start this. We, then we go through this whole crazy process again, you know, anyways, it was, it was really neat because, um, I was able to, to really put that on my list confidently and he, he, you know, accepted it well and agreed and understood and just the way that God changed his heart and my heart through the whole process of all of this still blows my mind today. Like, I mean, it's still just, and he's, and God is always, he's continuing to change and mold and shape us to be more like him every single day. But I really I really saw it at that time in my life, like leaps and bounds and was just amazed at who Clint was. I was reading more like the Greek word, um, gentleness and meekness kind of go hand in hand. And the Greek meaning for meekness talks about expressing power with reserve and gentleness. And it says, for the believer, meekness begins with the Lord's inspiration and finishes by his direction and empowerment. It is divinely, it is a divinely balanced virtue that can only operate through faith. And when I read that, I just was in awe because literally that is what happened. Like over this whole year journey that Clint and I were on of really being separated and changing, it really was, I I operated a hundred percent in faith of things that I could not see, you know, and, and the, and these things in my life that, that were so, um, so hard. I mean, some, some days, I mean, I still have days. We all still have days that are hard all the time. You know, I mean, we don't live in, we live in a fallen world, so there's going to be hard, ugly days, but to really understand and know that the Lord is working on the things that are like unseen, it brings so much comfort to my heart. And actually in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 17 and 18, for our light distress is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, a fullness beyond all measure. So we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporary, 
but the things which are invisible are everlasting and imperishable. And to see the fruits of my husband, it was at that moment, it was visual. But I also knew that the things that were going on inside of his heart and and in his mind, I really couldn't see those things changing or the Lord working essentially, but the fruit that was being produced from it, just, it just blew my mind. And I think we are so caught up, especially in this world of keeping up with the Joneses of having the next best thing or the the biggest house or the nicest car or whatever's out there, you know, and all of those things perish. None of those things we get to take to heaven with us, none of them. But the work that we can do by producing this kind of fruit in our life and drawing people to Christ creates these beautiful treasures that are unseen that we will receive in heaven. And I think with the rate of divorce and just all the craziness that's in our world right now, those things are so destructive. Sin just comes in and completely wrecks everything. I mean, that's what the Bible says it does. It comes in and it comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. And when we allow ourselves to take the bait of those things, all of these fruits of the spirit are like stolen away from us. And it's hard. It's not an easy thing, you know, but I love the definition here that it's a divinely balanced virtue that can only operate in faith. And our faith is so powerful and God is so powerful. And when we just trust in him who we cannot see, you know, we can't, he's not a tangible thing that we can grab and hold on to. But it's the things that are unseen in this world that give us the most hope and the most virtue and the most amazing life that we could ever like ask for. So um, as I was going through my journal, just kind of journal, like looking over these next four months that we're kind of walking through, you know, one of the, the verses I wrote down was Joshua 24, 15, and it talks about you know, choosing who you're going to serve today. And it says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that was like a life verse for me during this time. Like the Lord, I really feel like just gave that to me kind of at the end of this separation journey that Clint and I were on. And um, we talked about it and both of us said, this this is what we want. We want to wake up every day and we want to choose to serve him. Whether it's hard, whether it's a great day, whether it's a stormy day, whether it's a day where trials, you know, and arrows are shooting at us, our choice and we wanted to say every day was for me and my house we will serve the Lord. And I think it's been so powerful to see the fruits and to see all of the things that have come from it by taking a stance and really making that point to say, this is who, this is who we're going to serve. I was reading through this book that, that I had from this lady and it's called intimate conversations. And this, this lady was a missionary and she traveled all over the world and she wrote just, it's a really small, sweet little book. And she 
would um, just share like really intimate times that she had with the Lord. And one of them, she shared about talking about all the fruits, like talking about Galatians 5, 22 and 23 of all the different fruits of the spirit. And she said that fruit equals giftings and roots equal virtue. And it really stood out to me because I thought, wow, you know, like the virtue of how we walk and choose to live our life, those roots can grow deeper and deeper and stronger and stronger. And the more that we choose to water and tend to those roots, the more fruit and the bigger our tree gets and the more blessings we have and the more you know, the, the, the more that the giftings that we get from, from the fruits. And so I had just written in here, you know, in my journal that I really wanted to keep this at the forefront of my mind and continue to water and tend to these roots of this beautiful tree that the Lord had given us. In Proverbs 15, 4, this was, um, this is one of the scriptures that's actually in the book. And it, and it just talks about reading, um, Proverbs one through four, and then asks a question, like, what do you think about these verses? And I'm just going to read Proverbs for it. it says a soothing tongue speaking words that build up and encourage is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue speaking words that overwhelm and depress curses the spirit. And I just, I love that because I think that when we, I think this scripture in alone speaks so boldly about all the fruits of the spirit, because a soothing tongue builds up and encourages where in moments of when we're in trials and when we're in tribulations, you know, like being able to have this gentleness and meekness, but speak with authority and speak with confidence, still building people up and encouraging them, but speaking truth, like speaking the truth to them really creates this tree. Like it says, it creates a tree of life. And I just thought this is so cool because this scripture really just points to what, what God had given me. And I actually have drawn in my journal, like I have a big tree with all these little, like, you know, dots all over it that I wrote like fruits and then the roots just growing deeper and deeper. And underneath it, I just put, you know, Lord, I want my roots to grow deep into you. And the more that we can tend to this, we really to, do create a tree of life in our life. And it, it not only creates this tree here while we're on this earth for just literally a snap of a finger. We are literally on this earth for like a blink of an eye compared to eternity. But the time that we're here in that blink of an eye, we can create this beautiful tree of life to really create these virtues in our life so that we can get the giftings of the fruit. And um, there was a gentleman by the name of Lee Rostin, and he quoted, I learned that it is weak who are the cruel, and the gentleness is to be expected only from the strong. 
So I have one question that I wrote here in the book and just wanted to kind of end on this note. But it says, are you weak and cruel or gentle and strong? How can you get to be gentle and strong? And I think that that is a huge question. And even for me, like, I I mean, it really got me thinking this morning of if I'm being weak and cruel or gentle and strong in disciplining my children and talking to my husband and getting frustrated with the day-to-day activities, you know, am I being gentle and strong or weak and cruel? And so that is something that I'm going to ponder this week and pray that the Lord will help me to just reveal those things to me, to be gentle and strong and not weak and cruel. Um, but it was, it was a really sweet time to see what God had done over those last four months of just being gentle to Clint. Um, but yet being strong in making sure that we had a really good game plan in place to reconcile and, you know, put our marriage back together. That is awesome. That was so good. Yeah. It was just amazing. God is, you know, he never ceases to amaze me. (laughs) Yes. I just loved, um, well, all of it. I especially, I especially loved the, the part of just talking about the seeds that you could plant in others' lives when you do walk in gentleness, like just when you were saying you kind of had to like learn through this process of when you were coming back together of like what gentleness would look like, how to operate in these fruits of the spirit to, you know, to show gentleness when maybe that felt hard. And I just kind of saw like a, a picture of, of that, like seeds that you're planting when we're choosing to walk in those ways, you know, and just that last part that you just shared too of that. Um, I forgot the gentleman's name who said that quote of, of the strong being the gentlest and the, the weak really being the, um, how did he word it? Yeah. Uh, cool. cool. Yeah. Leo Rastan, I think is how you say it. That's so good because it is true. It's so much easier to get all fleshed out and, you know, lay into someone <laughs> like, like, I don't know, as a parent, I, I was just saying like, oh my gosh, I'm, I could just easily be like, I'm going to kick your booty out of this car right now because you're driving me nuts, you know, but I didn't say that yeah. I held on to it. Hopefully that counts as gentleness. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> I yeah. held on to it. Right. But yes, absolutely. It's like holding the tongue, you know, holding the tongue. Yes. Don't start that fire. Don't start that forest fire. But I don't know that that really was good. And um, I think that gentleness, I think they all like beget one another. Yeah. The fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace. I feel like they all 
when you have one, you have them all, you know, you have access to them all. And I guess that's because when you have Jesus, you have access to them all. But I just think it's amazing how they just blend together and, you know, flow together. So they really build on each other, you know, and it's like, yes, it's like if we like, even if we look at even the order that they're in, you know what I mean? Like love, joy, peace, kindness, patience. Yes. Almost like they build on each other because I don't think there's there. I don't think it was in any way, shape or form a mistake that self-control is the very last fruit of the spirit. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like studying through it. It's like, if we have love, it brings so much joy in our life, you know, Yeah, they just build off each other. And then when we have all of those things to be gentle and have that self-control, it's easier. It's so much. And when we're really rooted in all those other fruits, when we're rooted, like you said, in Jesus, you know, when we, yeah, are, yes, all of these things come so much easier. Yes. Amen. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Woo. Okay. Do you want to pray? Yes, I do. Let's do that. God, right. thank you. Thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for this time. And Lord, thank you for your sweet gentleness. God, you you are the most gentle. You are the strongest, Father God, and just so beautiful in all the ways that you um, just work in each of our lives. And I pray that this plant, this seed of gentleness would be planted in each person's heart who hears this that they would truly um, understand and know and have the virtue, Lord, to be able to just pour out gentleness in their life. And I pray, Father, that you would really convict our hearts, um, convict our hearts in, uh, in this question of, of saying, like, are we weak and cruel or are we gentle and strong? And show us, Father, show us where... Our hearts need to be molded and changed to be more like you. Help us, Father, to see the things of this world, Lord, that we could really um, stand strong and speak with authority, but yet do it in such a gentle, kind way. And I pray that we would not be fearful, Lord, that we there would be no fear in our lives. And um, I do feel, Father, that... We really need this, this fruit of the spirit in this time that we're living in, that we really need this gentleness, but it's not about being uh, meek and bowing down and weak, Lord, but it really is about being strong and having authority. And I pray, Father, that you would fill us with that authority, that you would give us that strength to speak your truth in ways that would truly change people's lives. We love you, Lord, and thank you for who you are. And we just ask, Father, that you would just um, bless this time and bless each person that listens. In Jesus' name.